My name is Matt Weston. Tonight, I'm joined by my good friend Taylor, the red to my rum. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing okay. All I have to say is uh, I'm not really doing okay, and I'm just depressed over here. Is it because you know, it's, you know, it's terrible? The, it's the NFL season. Oh, the NFL season. The NFL season's gone awful. You know what I hate? Football. You hate football. You know what I was reminded of? How much I hate football last and week. So this podcast is, is part of the... The recovery process. For there is no recovery. I don't want to be a part of this hey, at all. You got to ride that shark again, you know? Dude, it was a rough week. So, all right. So why was it so bad? Was it because your Dallas Cowboys lost to touchdown Teddy Bridgewater? Okay. How many touchdown not, passes? You know what? I'm not how many touchdown passes did he throw last week? I, I don't even how many? care. How many? I don't even care. He's not even good enough to throw one. I don't want to hear anything right <laughs> Touchdown now. Touchdown, Teddy, dude. He's not even good enough. Four field goals. I'm so done with this. Four field I want to go Xavier. home. Why am I even here? And fantasy was so bad. Nobody cares about my fantasy yeah. loss, but I do. I do. Well, say it. Say it since you have it up. Man, second highest score, and you lose. How'd you, you lose? By three points by James Conner, who, of course, had his biggest. How many points are you up by? I was up by like 25. And he scored 28. Nick Chubb had a 46-point game, and I still lose. You know what sucks? Fantasy football. For all of those who understand my fantasy loss, I salute you. Good. I think a lot of people do. I don't think anybody cares. Nobody you know, nobody you know, likes playing fantasy. Let me, let me tell you something else. This is how bad of a mood I'm in lately. What is with every single day of, oh, it's so-and-so's days. Oh, it's so-and-so appreciation day. It's so-and-so day. When did all of these days come about? Well, today's National Boyfriend Day. Oh, I've been taking it rough. Yeah, okay. All right. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds really inappropriate. Yeah, it's been a rough day for me. All right. (laughs) Okay. All right. Have you been talking to people? Have you been meeting other people right now? Uh, I'm trying to stop them going to or not. I don't know what that means, but it sounds really interesting. So it's October, so it's it's about to get cold soon. I think I'm gonna get fat. Is what I think I'm gonna do. What is that? What are I you think even I'm, saying? I think I'm gonna try to get up to like 250. We're talking about boyfriends, and then you go into a whole little rant about how it's gonna be cold well, and how yeah, you're gonna get fat. I think fat. I want to get up to like 250. Are you telling me something? And right then now? wait until like March, and then just like really just crash my diet completely because it's hard. You know, I'm gonna write 15,000 words this week. Um, I can only go to the gym on the weekends. You know, it's difficult. So I think I'm just gonna lean all the way into it. And then just March come, and then just like, I don't know. Dude. Just completely crash at them. Two days ago, it was like National Appreciate Your Neighbor. So my neighbor comes up to me. He really? Rings my, he rings my doorbell. And he's like, hey, Taylor, you need to come out here. You need to meet people. You need to do this, this, and this. And I was like, uh, okay, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah, I'll see you tonight. I didn't go. Does that make me a bad neighbor? Yeah, you're a bad neighbor. That made me a bad person. You're very. You're not Mr. Rogers, you know. You're a bad neighbor. I'm not trying to be Mr. Rogers, though. Like, how weird and awkward am I supposed to feel? What am I supposed to do in that situation? I feel like I was a terrible person. I still think about it, man. It's been a rough week. Yeah, I'm really like I'm trying to get least, over this week. You should have at least made an appearance, you know. What? See, now you're trying to make me feel bad. This is what I talk about. Nobody likes me. Yeah. God, I hate everybody. I'm going <laughs> home. Yeah, so I don't know. I, so I think I think we get fat, so I can wear sweaters and uh, and then just I don't know, just try chop chop it all off come March. Well, I'm glad you're happy. I'm yet. glad. I'm glad you're in a good mood. Yeah, I'm always in pretty good mood. Uh, I'm listening to Shining on audiobook. It's very good. I recommend well, it. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's not like as like ridiculous as it. Is Steven still going out of control over there? A little bit, but like I like how psychological it is oh yeah and i also like the stream of consciousness in how there. psychological does it well because like he just he slowly loses his mind because he just really wants to drink a beer <laughs> and like <laughs> and then he kill, well i mean i mean obviously he kills his whole family or tries spoiler to alert what's going but on here i'm not all the way through but i seen the movie and uh and yeah it's just because he really wants to drink a beer and I he's not letting himself do that i haven't seen the movie i don't even know what the shining is to be perfectly honest with you oh you want to watch it well, no, why Why did you like do that with your eyebrows and say that well, to Well, it's because it's National Boyfriend Day. You like, moved him up and you're like, whoa, wait. Are you yeah, it's watch National Boyfriend Day, so. I'm not just, doing it's that. Been, it's been a hard day. Um, no. So, fantasy football, I got a question for you. Oh, great. Who, who do you wish you drafted and and who did you draft that you wish you didn't draft on your main team, the same league we're in? 
Okay, so actually, we'll do the same. I'll probably say Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. That's where I'm at. Did you draft Rodgers ahead of Mahomes? Well, no, it's just I did draft Aaron Rodgers probably like eighth. And with me, I've always had to struggle with quarterback because I've always been like, you know what? I can wait till the last round and I'm going to be just damn good. I've never been good at quarterback play. So this was my year and I felt really confident. Man, it hasn't been well. He was good. And without Devontae Adams, I just, ooh, that was rough. Yeah. We'll get into it, I guess, but. Oh, my Lord. The moment he lost him, he looked lost. The best quarterback in some people's eyes just looked lost out there. Yeah. I got nothing, man. Um, yeah, and I'm, well, my quarterbacks in that league are Jacoby Brissett and Josh Allen. Well, wait, what about <laughs> you, though? What about you? I wish I drafted Mark Ingram in, like, the fourth round or so. Nobody knew this, though. Yeah, I mean, I wish I did. Well, I mean, like, I know their offense, and, like, I know that... Like, I know Greg Roman's offense is I was excited for Baltimore to play together in that. Like, play, I was excited for Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman offense, but I just, like, I didn't put it together. And I was just worried that they had four good running backs, you know? And Ingram was kind of hurt last year after he suspended, never was really all that together. Uh, the one player I wish I didn't draft was probably Duke Johnson, because after I drafted him, like, two days later, they traded for Carlos Hyde. I told you they were going to trade for Carlos Hyde. You know I called it yeah. in this podcast okay, that they were going to pick Carlos Whatever. Hyde. I asked you the damn question in this podcast. Go back to past yeah, episodes, I know, I know, audience. I understand Out that. of our 4 million listeners, they should be leaving you comments saying, Matt, you're a jackass. Taylor said it, not you. Yeah, I understand that. But I drafted him five days before they traded for Whatever, Carlos Hyde. And uh, so like he gets like seven carries and three catches and uh, doesn't do much of anything at all. But I like my other running backs, though. I don't know. It's fine. Oh, that's good. I'm glad that we were just talking about you. Yeah, You know what? You seem too happy for me. I don't like this. <laughs> I'm, I'm never happy. Actually, yeah. This yeah. Po- this hasn't been a sad podcast This has not been a sad podcast for me. This has been like a depressing one. That's why yeah, I'm ooh. drinking over here. Oh, I'm just oh, like how drinking the, Maybe my that's why you're depressed. Away. It's because you're drinking. It's uh, a depressant, you know? It's, yeah, man, it has not been a good week. So... The Denver Broncos, they're 0-4. Yeah, good. What do you want to talk about? I just want to talk. So I've watched two Broncos games today, and I hate watching the Broncos play. They're my least favorite team in football this year. Is it Okay, what's more disappointing to you, their offense or their defense? Because for me, it's easily the offense. It's the defense. What? So since 2014, the worst their defense has finished in DVOA is 10th. Uh-huh. This year, they're 27th. They have Bradley Bradley. But Chug why does it seem like they're holding Bradley teams for a little bit? Like, they're holding teams down for at least point totals. I mean, it seems like they're in games because they, of their defense. I mean, defense. they play kind of some dumb offense. Because they shouldn't have lost to they Chicago. Chicago is a bad offense. But they shouldn't have lost to Green Chicago. Green Bay just kind of, like, stopped throwing the ball after a while. Yeah, you know? I mean, they just... And, yeah, like, I think bad. a lot of it's the opponent, the point total. But you have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. You have them drop back into coverage over and over again. You have them sit there on the run. They uh, it, took them, it took them three weeks to stop dropping back in coverage. And then they had zero sacks. Chubb had three quarterback hits. Von Miller went three games without one sack, one quarterback hit. That's it's good, impossible. right? Like, it's That's impossible. Whatever, Anybody man. It's could DeMarcus be the defensive coordinator. You, I could walk and be a defensive coordinator and be like, all right, uh, play each. Right, play your gap. You come off the edge, and we're just going to rush five. We're going to rush five every play. And they would have had a better defense probably. And then also, like, have you watched Joe Flacco play quarterback? Matt, after last year, I will <laughs> never watch Joe Flacco play quarterback again. It's the That's worst. why you can say whatever you want about Denver. I have not watched a Denver Broncos game. I'm going to admit that. I've watched four. Why? I'm done watching who is, them. Who is saying, hey, Matt, uh, guess what we're going to talk about for a preview this week, the Denver Broncos. Well, Nobody is saying this. So I have to watch Jacksonville. Okay. And I had to watch Green right. Bay for today's podcast. And then I watched the Denver-Chicago game because that was that real barn burner. And then I watched the Oakland... Denver game because I watched like all the games from week one and yeah so I'm not watching them for the rest of the year I like would. Joe Flacco just bl- like the only fun thing about watching their offense is Philip Lindsay's awesome like he's a, he's like Christian McCaffrey if McCaffrey wasn't as quick and also whenever Flacco gets blitzed it's hilarious and he makes like four like four or five plays a game where you're just like what is this like have you watched Joe Flacco play so, so that's why I say in my head every single time I watch him throw I'm like have you watched Joe Flacco play quarterback and uh, it's the same thing where what I feel about Jay Cutler whenever he was playing. It's the same thing where these guys just come out of bed and it's like what you and I feel like and everybody else I feel with an everyday job waking up 
damn it, I got to go to work. Yeah. That's what Joe Flacco and Jay Cutler seem to have always felt like. Oh, damn it, time to go to work. Yeah. Instead of it's football season, I'm ready to go. I can't wait for game day. Damn it, I have to punch in. I don't want to talk to my boss. It's, today. And it's really felt like that. I with can't wait to go to since the break they won room. the Super Bowl. Like he signed that big contract extension. He's been the least valuable quarterback in football since then. And like I can't believe Denver traded for him. Uh, yes, you can. This is what Elway does. I mean, I just, no, I just he's mean, gonna get Eli I mean, Manny next I, year. No, I just mean that in the yes. fact that that's what I wanted to bring up. Yeah. So I just mean that in the fact that he's awful. Like I can't believe anybody traded for oh, him. Yeah. Even John Elway surprised me that he traded for him. That's how bad he is. So next year. They have Drew Locke as a second-round pick. I would expect he's going to play sometime this year, but Denver's doesn't do that. Like They're going to trade for somebody. Somebody's going to go there. They're going to have a veteran quarterback. Who they are going to bring in next year? Who do you think that's going to be? You think it's going to be Eli? It's Eli Manning. My, my pick is Andy Dalton. And I want to see Dalton in Denver. Wait, you think since he's going to give up on him after yeah, this yeah. year? Oh, really? Since he's going to go like 3-13. and 13. But I don't blame him. I, I know, it doesn't matter. You don't have to blame him. Really? Because you can trade him for a pick, and then you get off the contract. I don't think Denver like, will give up picks so for him. They may give like a fifth-round pickup for him. I don't even know that. <laughs> but I wouldn't give up anything there's for like, him. You know, this is like the year there's like five really good quarterbacks coming out of the draft. And so I, guess. I think this would be the year since he moves on. But I just want to see Andy Dalton, his red hair, in those just awful orange jerseys. Like, I think it's just going to be the funniest thing ever. You just want to see the Red Rocket blow up on the launching pad, which I've always said that he does. I believed in him this year just so I wouldn't have to buy into any other team, which, man, this season's been a little bit different. This yeah, this season's been shaping up quite unexpectedly different than what I was going into thinking. But you know what? I guess that's what the fun of the NFL is. Am I right? Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> this is the league that they want. Seriously, I've been really depressed this week. The one thing I'm excited for, though, is that and this is the first week where we've had like a really good. This is an awful game, like this is a terrible matchup because I love you know watching some terrible football that nobody else is watching at all. And this week we get Cincinnati Arizona, which is just a who's a, watching this game? I'm We're not even supposed to be game. talking about this game. I'm gonna watch this. We're game. not talking about this game. Why are we and talking so I, about? I'm just excited to get like a really terrible football game. And uh, the good, th- the best thing about it though is like whenever you get, you get to gamble on it, and you get to go out there and you, and you you're gambling on a game that nobody else really knows about at all. But if you just watch both these teams play for six weeks, you have a pretty good idea and a good feel for it. So I want I want to try to make some money off like a I want I want to bet on the Jets Dolphins. They're gonna play each other sometime this year, and I want to reap the benefits of it. Who are you gonna bet on in the Jets Dolphins game? I haven't watched the Dolphins. There's no reaping the year. benefits of that game. Who are you gonna bet on more than anything? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. Well, I'm going to. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to watch Miami play What do you mean where year. you're going to? You have to tell me then who you're going to bet on We're if you're going to go. We're still away from it. But what? I'm just saying, you're like, that confident? This is, the first, like, this is the first week of like a really bad football game, and I'm excited for more of them. You know what? I just don't get exactly what you're saying. You're confident, and yet you're saying you're not confident, and yet you're saying you're going to wait. Who are you? You're like Mr. Flip-Flop over there. We're, we're, I, I don't mean, even like, know this who is you the are. first bad game, and then like in three weeks we're gonna get some just some awful wretched games, and then that's the time, you know. Whatever. We're getting close. Uh, I like bad football. You have issues. Also, you know, what else I like. What do you like? I like the pass interference challenge calls. Because nobody wins those. Nobody, yeah. nobody wins those challenges, and <laughs> and it's not even like there are plays where I will say it's pretty obvious that it is pass interference, but no matter what, the refs like nope, unless he for sure shoves him and punches him in the face, it's not a pass interference call. Yeah, it's also, it's like never blatant enough for it. And the coach is always like super angry. And then uh, and then he throws the flag. He's like, ah, screw it, I'm going to do it anyways. And they never, they, it never gets overturned. I love it. It's hilarious. By the way, I like the who lay your dogs out that we have in the background going on right now. Yeah, I know. Seriously, you know what we do on Thursday nights? Dog fights we like, underground. No, we don't do that. No... No, it's like the pu- <laughs> it's like the puppy bowl is what it is. Yeah, I guess puppy bowl. Yeah, right where now dogs fight bowl. each other. But yeah, I love Michael Vick's our hero. I we love, have a poster uh, in the background it's here. It's not very funny. What do you mean that's I not love, very funny? It's it's easy. It's too easy. It's too easy. Yeah, it's not very good. Uh, you know what? You're out of your but mind. But I do I do really love the pass interference challenges. Like I'm glad like they're not overturning them at all, and they're just wasting timeouts, and they're like just in such like a petulant, screwed attitude. And uh, like my favorite was Matt Lafleur spikes it down. And like in anger, and it's like, yeah, you're just gonna lose a timeout, dude. You're wasting your time here. Yeah, um, it's 
it's fine because uh, once again for me the pass interference calls nobody's going to overturn them unless somebody gets shoved down or if oh, it's like completely blank yeah you have to do something so blatant where the refs ooh yeah yeah we missed that somehow yeah it has to be it has to be ridiculous it has to be like the New Orleans Rams. Because even just year. pulling on the jersey, just pulling on anything, just grabbing, even if it's the slightest, even if it's for like a second or two where you're like, well, damn, he grabbed him. doesn't matter. It's not enough. Yeah. He has to do more. Cut I'm, his I'm arm glad, off. Like, I'm glad the way it's played out, and I'm glad they're wasting their time out. It's hilarious. I don't know, man. I love it. Um, so we have some, some listener questions, reader questions tonight. Boo. So we have two talking about the Houston landing game. We're not previewing that game tonight. Uh, I think there's better games and more interesting games to talk about. Because the Falcons, if you haven't watched the Falcons yet, don't. They're wretched. They're dreadful. I told you this they're last week. They're terrible to watch. Like, ever since Keanu Neal's gone out, they're just, they're, I mean, it's just, it's not fun. They can't do anything well, really, at all. Round I do love Caleb McGarry. Uh, and so, the first question we had here was from Big Fat Drunk. Will the Falcons try to run the ball at all on Sunday? Is it wise to run the ball against Houston? Uh, the answer to this question is the Falcons are going to try to run the ball and all Devontae Freeman can do is run in a straight line. He can't, like, cut. He can't, like, make anybody miss it all. He just runs in straight lines. And, yeah, they're going to run the ball a lot and they're not going to do a very good job at it. Oh, I completely agree. The problem is, though, they're not going to be able to run the ball at all. Matt Ryan's going to be forced to throw the ball. He's going to turn the ball over. And it's all about the Houston Texans being able... Don't play down to this team. Yeah. Just don't play down to them. I promise you, you're going to be able to win this game. Just let Atlanta turn the ball over. Let them play their offense, which is garbage. They will make the mistakes for you to take advantage. You just have to wait. If they play down to this team, I swear to God, Well, you know man. what the Texans do. They I'm play so, down to their opponents. I'm so done with this it's coin flip like scenario, man. It's going to be like a 30-24 game. I don't know. I, I think they're going to beat them, but I think it's going to be something really dumb. Um, the other question is from Thoughts Texans. How can the Texans get Hopkins and Duke Johnson more involved in the offense? Also, what are the weak points of Atlanta's defense they can expose? With Hopkins, it's like he had five catches for 40 yards last week. And it's just kind of just throw him the ball. Like run more intermediate routes, get him isolated in man coverage. Uh, Carolina played a lot of zone. Or they played a lot of man to start the game. They never really found him at all. Uh, DeAndre... I mean, uh, Deshaun Watson went through him deep earlier. But I think it's just get him isolated and get him involved in the offense kind of early. And I think they'll be able to do that very well against Atlanta because Oliver's been bad and Trufant's been bad since Neal's been hurt too. I think the issue is is that Deshaun doesn't want to force the ball. But in, with quarterbacks in the past with the Houston Texans, they have forced Hopkins the ball. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, oh, he's not open. No, 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 no. He's, he's open. open. Just throw him the damn ball. And Deshaun is so scared to do that, which I feel like is a fault in a way. Because no matter what, just throw him the damn ball. Yeah. He'll catch it. That's and even if even if he's not there at that moment, somehow it's not going to be a turnover because he'll either swat it away from the guy or he's going to catch it. Hopkins is that good. Yeah. Just let him be that good and trust the man. There's no trust, really. Deshaun, cut it out. I mean, he, he had, was working with the quarterback's coach, by the way, after last game. That was pretty nice. Yeah, he always does that. Oh, I don't know if he always does that, but they're creating the legacy, the myth. He does the not legend. always do that. I've what heard are that you before, talking like, about? He stays late all the time. They're just, it's just nerd beat reporters trying to create it doesn't the myth work the on the field the way he did after last game. Um, don't belittle the man. This is what you do. This is why you're the worst fan either. It's just all... You just don't think it's positive. Round three. It's just... I don't know. It's just all that same... They have to have a job, and so they create myths and, and try to create legends and narratives and everything else. Um, and then Duke Johnson, it's like, I don't know. He just kind of sits out there as a dump off, and whenever the pass rush is too much, they really, they really don't have the opportunity to give him the ball. But I think the biggest thing they do with Johnson and kind of the passing offense in general is just run routes on all three levels of the defense instead of everything being like short and the same or deep. Like it's like short or deep. There's not a lot of intermediate or a lot of different parts of the field they're attacking. And then, uh, yeah, don't run the ball with the Texans. And then Atlanta's defense, they have a good run defense, but their pass rush is bad because it's all in the exterior unless Gray Jarrett creates pressure. And their secondary has been awful since Keanu Neal got injured, which has been sad too. But that's kind of that's kind of it for this game. And I think Houston's going to win by a touchdown, and Atlanta will have some garbage time points or whatever. It's terrible. They should be winning uh, by like three touchdowns yeah, to this game. To. Their offense is good enough to where Atlanta shouldn't even be a factor at all. Yeah, it's not Atlanta is so terrible. Atlanta has to blow up that entire team. Coach, 
quarterback, do you everything. Think, do you think Dan Quinn could be the first coach fired? No. <sighs> Freddie Kitchens kept his they're job one, last they're week. One and damn four. <sighs> and what if they're one and five? I don't know. I don't know who's going to be the first coach fired. Right now, I don't think anybody's being fired. Yeah, nobody is right now. But like, Yeah, nobody's going to be fired right now. I, if, the, if I was the owner of the Falcons, I would fire Quinn if they lost to Houston. If they go one and four with how expensive the roster is, and yeah, yeah, this is, Matt Ryan's 35 also. Who's the offensive coordinator for Atlanta? Oh, it's Dirk Cutter. It's not good. He's the former it's not good at all. Tampa. I think it's just really bothering. Yeah. I think it's just kind of really, really disturbing how bad Atlanta's offense has been. Uh, the defense at least tries to they, – they try. It's like what you and I have talked about. They're just small, and they do their best to be that quick and fast defense. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But the offense just hasn't done a damn thing. Well, yeah, and like I said, like, I mean, their Matt defense was pretty horrible. good until until Neil got hurt against uh, the Colts, and like it's been all downhill from there. So the last question I have for you is from Uprooted Text in '99. So Taylor, is lasagna a sandwich? A lasagna is not a sandwich. I think it's a casserole. Yeah, it's not a sandwich. Who said it was a sandwich? Is there any well, bread said it in was a lasagna? Sandwich. Nobody said it was a sandwich. They were asking if it's a sandwich. It's not a sandwich. You know what? Who's asking these questions? Uh, and the last question was from our good friend Sam. He said, what Sopranos character is Bill O'Brien? And so I think it has to be Christopher. He's like kind of seventh place. He has the, for the keys of the empire. And then he like develops a heroin addiction. And then he keeps screwing everything up over and over and over again. And he had so much promise. And he was given more control, more power. And again, he just kept screwing things up over and over again. There's actually a scene where he's high on heroin and sits on his girlfriend's dog and doesn't realize it and, and suffocates it. And uh, that's the, are you paying attention to me right now? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so there's sure. a scene where he, he sits on his girlfriend's dog. What do you want me to do in paying attention? So yeah, Bill O'Brien's, if, he, uh, if he's a Sopranos ca- uh, character, he's Christopher. Yeah, great. I don't watch The Sopranos, so I'm not going to waste my time it's a very funny with scene, a though. nonsense TV show it's a very that doesn't scene. mean anything. Yeah. I'd rather focus on Antarash okay. or The Office. You know, I just did a Michael Scott reference right there by doing it that way. Good stuff. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, <laughs> and then when we come back, we'll start preview. Oh, actually, not just yet. So last week, I went 2-2. Two and two. You went 2-2. Two and two. I went 4-0. Uh, and 9-4 and four in the season. You're 7-6. and six. Ridiculous. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about Jacksonville, Carolina. We're going to talk about New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Dallas, and Cleveland, San Francisco. Now we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll start the game previews. Go see Joker. And we're back. So the first game we're going to talk about tonight are the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are three-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. So there's four cat teams out there. You got the Bengals, you got the Lions, you got the Jaguars, and you got the Panthers. What's your favorite NFL cat matchup? You know what? I'm actually going to put it on this one here. Yeah. Because I'm really interested in this matchup that we have going on for the Jacksonville versus the Carolina, only because it's two quarterbacks where there seems like a lot of hype, even though Allen should have lost last week against the Houston Texans. But of course... The Texans don't want to meet up to their potential and instead play down in their competition. God, last week was so awful to watch. All I know is, though, this has me interested as far as cat competition, and I think this is still ridiculous because you just love cats and say rare. Yeah, I'm excited for the for the meow matchup here. We That's have all today. this is. It's the meow matchup of the week. Yeah, I know. I think. We need to have like a term for this because you use this so much that it has to be like the Garfield matchup of the week or, or the, something like that. Well, what's, a, a, what's a cat's name that people like know? I don't know. It's the litter box matchup. What's the cat? Hold on. What's the cat in Men in Black's name? I don't know. How do you not know? That? Wait, Orion. That's oh, his yeah. name. Look at this, man. This is what I do. Well, yeah, or, what am yeah. I even doing here? I need a movie podcast. Well, so... The Jaguars, so this is why I'm excited for this game. I was really looking forward to both these teams this year. I picked the Panthers in the South, the Jaguars in the South, and then they both went 0-2, and they won two games in a row. And it's kind of like what typically happens throughout the year is that you get like, it's a, it's, you know, it's a week-to-week game, and then you get really excited for something, and then you pay so much attention to something that happens in two weeks, and you kind of realize like, oh, they're going to play a lot more football games, and things change and teams change. 
And so the biggest problem with the Jaguars were that was that their run defense was terrible, or their run offense was terrible. Uh, they were like they were just running outside zone a lot, and it wasn't working at all. And then last week against Denver, the Jaguars' run offense had DVOA ten point one percent. They had two hundred sixty nine yards and thirty eight carries for seven point one yards a carry. And I mentioned you had like two red zone touchdown throws, but he didn't really didn't do much throughout the game. It was all just kind of Fournette, and they did that by changing their scheme. It was really vertical, a lot of inside zone, a lot of power, a lot of counter. And they were doing the things that they should have been doing, you know, all along uh, from a run offense perspective. Do you like believe in hype when it comes to just a team believing in a person where they just somehow are able to change? And just like you're even stating right now, they're able to turn their entire game plan into what they should have been doing the entire season just because now they believe in their guy. I don't understand what is going on. I don't but think it's so for Jacksonville, but then you make the argument for Carolina. Jacksonville is trying to cash in on this mustache craving that is now going on in Jacksonville. Yeah. And it's just because Minshew is a celebrity. The way the man acts is so nonchalant where it seems like he's smoking a doobie in the locker room and he's just coming out for interviews just saying, hey, what's going on? Yeah. I, I'm liking the guy. I... I don't know if I'm behind the whole fandom aspect of it. It just seems like that the Jags are trying to reach for anything. But if it helps the team, it helps the team. I just kind of wanted your opinion on the whole, do you think it has something to say where this team has always been that good? They're just finally now believing in this one guy? Well, I mean, Foles played one half of football. I know. I and know, so like, I, I think for Carolina, you can make that argument because that this is a big, the quarterback's difference is because Cam Newton was missing passes all over the field. And he had like a, a negative 7.3% expected completion rate. And like he was the problem with Carolina's offense was Newton. And so Kyle Allen's like, he made three awesome throws against Houston. And they scored 16 points. And But like he's making the open throws that Cam couldn't make. With Jacksonville, you really can't make that distinction because Foles only played a half of football. But the difference is that the coaching is saying, okay, well, we're going to let you throw the ball downfield. And now we finally understand that Running the outside zone with Leonard Fournette is really stupid. So we're going to stop doing that and run a power-heavy offense. And so I think whenever you combine that with Conley on the outside, Lee in the slot, Westbrook in the slot, and Chark on the outside, laying Minshew sideline, throw the ball, and then run this vertical run offense. Like the version of the Jaguars I envisioned in August when the run scheme goes, that's what we saw last week, and they averaged you know, 7.6 yards a carry. And so I think that's really kind of like the difference between the two. Like both teams have greatly improved uh, – you know, offensively, but I think with Jacksonville, it's more of a scheme change, whereas with Carolina, it's more of a, a talent change from going from Newton to Allen, who can actually make open throws. I just still think at the same time, even though you're saying that he can make open throws, man, Greg Olson, I saw him jumping up and down a couple of plays last game because he was wide open up the seam or downfield, I should say, up yeah. the middle, and Allen just wouldn't even look his way. He was just automatically making up his mind to McCaffrey or to Samuel on the side. Either way... It's just funny because I don't believe the Carolina Panthers win that game with Cam Newton. And Cam Newton, I'll put it to you this way. Cam Newton and Kyle Allen, if they were to play and have the exact same numbers, I still feel like that the Houston Texans would win. Why do I feel like that, Matt? Give me my reason. It's because I feel like there's belief where the defense— you're crazy. That, yeah, maybe so. But I would, I would rather go with the dramatic of— there is still where at Philadelphia Eagles, the moment Nick Foles comes into the game, there's belief that, oh, my God, this guy's going to win us the championship versus a, your guy, a.k.a. Carson Wentz, coming into the game, and you're just like, shit, I don't know what this guy's doing. It's it's the same kind of concept with these two teams that we're talking about. The Jags, Nick Foles, granted, they didn't have Nick Foles and Minshew for more than a half. So yeah, it was one I'm half. with you. Yeah, I, I and agree. And Foles through it. But the Allen with the, the Allen with the Panthers thing is still interesting to me. Because well, I mean, but like, but Allen's game, but the man. Allen thing is in the dramatic. It's not like it's a dramatic confidence thing. It's there's like he's, confidence he's, there. Well, no, it's not really confidence thing. Like personality wise, it's more even keel. Like Cam's like he's a lot more emotional. Where when things are great, they're great. When they're bad, they're bad. You know? I hate him so much. And uh, with Allen, it's a lot more middle. It's more of a middle ground. But for this game specifically. The Carolinas' defense, their fourth and pass defense, their 29th and run defense. Uh, the big reason for that is Los Angeles ran the ball very well against them. Houston, not so much, but Shaq Thompson's been awesome. Their front four is really deep. 
Uh, their zone coverage is good. And like it's really cool because Keekly knows where the ball is going every play. And they do a really great job at blitzing to force the ball to where Keekly is going to be. Like They funnel the ball very well. As long as he's healthy, he is still... Even though my young guys are coming up, a.k.a. Jalen and Van Der Esch, he's still the best linebacker in the league when healthy. He's the smartest linebacker. And that's what it comes down to. As many concussions as this man has, he is still out thinking and he is still predicting the plays. That is really kind of ridiculous because he's not on my team and yet the man can still do that with as many concussions. And yet people are worried about Jordan Reed because I think I want to know who has the same. We should. I should have looked up this stat. Well, I want to know who think, has the same and who has more. has more. But the thing about Keekly that's, that's cool, one? too, is that he the way he tackles now is different. He just wraps up and holds on. He's not trying to kill anybody. He's not try, He doesn't lower his head all whatsoever. He tackles really high, and he just wraps up and holds on and waits for everybody else to come in. Before and, we jump over, since you talked about how he's not trying to kill anybody, perfect. Do you agree with the uh, season? Yeah, I think so. Me too. Okay. I mean, like he's done it too many times. Oh my God, it's ridiculous! And that man—he's he the was, reason why he was pointing a gun after the Indianapolis. And this is what I'm saying. After he did that to Doyle, yeah. dude, get the hell off. He's the All reason right? why Antonio Brown's lost his mind. <laughs> that could be the case. Um, and then also for for Jacksonville in this game, Jalen Ramsey still isn't there. So then for Carolina, win this game, they're the pro- the biggest problem that they face is their offensive line. So Greg Little got concussed in their left tackle. Trey Turner's ankle still banged up. I don't know who's going to play left tackle for him. I don't know who's going to play right tackle for him. But their offensive line was good last week against Houston. Uh, but Jalen Ramsey's not going to play. And Chris Herndon's played well. But those sideline throws are throws that Allen's going to have to make. Against Houston, he threw like four deep passes. And each one was like a toenail away from being completed. And so he's going to need to make those passes against Jacksonville. Because I think Jacksonville's just going to run the ball a lot. And they're going to be successful at it. Um, but I think overall, it's going to be a close game. So my last question for you before we get your prediction is who do you think who do you think has a greater what's a greater possibility? Gardner Minshew becomes a starting quarterback year in, year out in the NFL, or Kyle Allen becomes a starting quarterback in the NFL year in and year out. Kyle Allen will take over for Carolina Panthers because Cam Newton's gone after this season. That's more likely to me. Nick okay. Bowles, just like you we were talking about, one half. It's not enough for you to be able to sit the guy and be like he's done. Unless they're like five and two. I still then you can't play full. But but it's like but even when it's like my my father and I have talked about, dude, this is what Nick Foles is built for, right? <laughs> this is what he does. Yeah. Oh, it's a week eleven, week twelve. Guess whose time it is? Yeah, I had a, I had a tweet. Put in Jesus. <laughs> I had a tweet. It was Nick Foles in the sideline, like glasses, a broken arm. It's like uh, Gardner Minshew tears his ACL week thirteen, takes the Jacks to Super Bowl energy. Before we go on, I do want to mention this, and before we do predictions here, the because again, I'm the dramatic drama guy. Jalen Ramsey is he with his team for he's two, not, three more weeks? Oh, no, no, I'm saying period. Like, is he going to stay Jackson with his team? Trade him as long as they're good. Apparently, they were offered two first rounders for him, and they turned that down. Yeah, I think they're going to hold long. I don't know who did it, but winning. well, yeah. the thing is too is they have him for this year. This is his fourth year in the league. They have him for next year, his fifth year option, and they can franchise tag him after that. He has no flexibility at all. So you think that no they'll leverage. just play the trap game? Yeah, they should. He's a trap queen. He's too good to to trade for for any reason. Uh, and they're not they're not better without him. So what's your pick for this one? For my pick for this one, I'm going to have... And the line is Carolina at three and a half. This one's hard because, again, we're going to have belief here. Wait, wait, where's the game at? It's Carolina? It's in Carolina. Yeah, all right. 17 Carolina, 14 Jags. Okay, I have... I have Jacksonville winning 17-16. Whoa. Yeah, I just think they run the ball well. And Maybe, I, but... I think they run the ball well. and Better than Carolina? Just, I don't see it. Yeah, it's that. And then also, Carolina's offensive line's all screwed up. And the Jaguars have Yank and Gawkway. They play as Campbell, who was awesome last week and the week before that. Uh, they have Josh Allen, the different version of Josh Allen. And also, their we linebackers are starting to play Rest pretty well, too. Uh, oh, man, we forgot. But also their linebackers, um, Quincy, uh, Quincy Williams, and then the other guy. I can't remember his name now. But they've got they've started playing a lot better since week one when they were terrible. Week two when they were bad. So, yeah, that's why I'm going with Jacksonville. I'm only going with the home team. And, by the way, before we go here, uh, Fournette McCaffrey, better running back. McCaffrey by right. like a million. Oh, wow. I like your I love style. Watching You're him. so racist. I love watching him and Kamar run slow motion. Okay, because like McCaffrey, it's like you can't really see his feet. His feet are so quick live, and then slow motion, you can actually like see his feet, and then uh, and then with 
uh, with Kamar, his balance is r- ridiculous. Like he's just like always going one direction, but he never falls down at all. And so seeing those guys in slow motion is a lot of fun. But you would like slow motion. Happy National Boyfriend Day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so the next game we have here are the New Orleans Saints playing in Tampa. The Buccaneers are five and a half point underdogs at home after they put 55 up on the Los Angeles Rams. So going back to this whole, yeah, there's two weeks, you know, and that sort of thing. Uh, I love the Buccaneers again. And the Buccaneers, I imagined in March, actually started playing like the Buccaneers. I expected them to play whenever the season started. Their first two games this year were a lot of running plays, a lot of heavy formations, a lot of two tight end sets, um, a lot of power running. And it didn't make any sense at all whatsoever concerning the personnel they have and everything else. But it was Byron Left, which is, you know, first year calling the plays. And I think it took him, you know, two weeks or so to kind of figure things out, understand how to actually use this team. Okay, I don't know what you're saying right now, but it's kind of ridiculous. Where where are you kind of going with this? What are you trying to prove? The Buccaneers are awesome. Matt, you're a coward. You hopped off this bandwagon here. I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed in you that you wanted to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course. Because even last week you were texting me where all I could respond with was, Matt, you're a coward. There's no hopping off, hopping on, and hopping off, and then saying, hey, guess what? I'm going to hop back on again. There is, what are you doing? That's four times. So the difference here is that this is what I thought. This is how Tampa, this is how I thought Tampa You're was You're the play Indian giver one. of hopping on and hopping off. That's fine. What is that called? Uh, the wide hop off? I don't know. <laughs> Look at that, man. I don't know. Uh, the, well, the problem with it is that they didn't play like they should have played, and they were just wretched to watch the first two weeks. It, again, it was their offense was so dumb. So in weeks one and two, Jameis Winston attempted 25 passes over 10 yards to the air. He was 12 of 25 for 244 yards, two touchdowns. In weeks three for four, he attempted 34 passes over 10 yards to the air, 23 of 34, which comes out to 67.6%, an increase of 19%, 507 yards, uh, 19.9 yards in attempt, which is up you know, 10 yards for that. Four touchdowns, one interception. Mike Evans went from... Mike Evans' the last two weeks has caught 12 of his 22 targets for 20, 279 yards, which is, 29, which is 23.25 yards in attempt. And so they just finally started throwing the ball downfield. And they're a lot of fun because they can throw the ball downfield out of those heavy sets where they have their, t- they have their wide receivers and tights in the line. Yeah, but do you think it's... Hold on, hold on. Before you go on, do you think it's Mike Evans or do you think it's Godwin, though? No, Godwin's the better receiver right now. Oh, yeah, but man. the thing is, is that Evans would call, I think, like seven passes on 12 targets the first two games. Still, Like, though. Godwin's the one who's carrying the offense right now. And Evans is just like this freak deep threat. He who's just, the better receiver in your opinion? Or do you think this is just like an Antonio Brown, Juju Smith type of thing? Uh, Godwin's been like the driver of the offense. I would still no, say no, no. I'm just I would asking say, your opinion on better receiver I overall here. I would still say here. Evans just because he's done it for longer. Just because you have a man crush on Evans? No, nah, not really. Ooh, but you draft him every single year. Yeah, because he's just sitting there in the second round. It's because nobody else wants him. Which is fine. But you want him. But yeah, I don't, they just start throwing the ball downfield, and they do what they should be doing. They're also their run-pass ratio went from 61 to 57 to 78 to 62. And they're like, well, we're going to run the ball, and then we're going to set up the deep pass. It's like, no, you throw the ball, you spread it out, you get vertical, you throw the ball a lot, and then that gives you wider boxes to run the ball against. And that's what we've been seeing from They're also a really good shotgun running team, too. You know what? Again, I'm more of the drama guy, so I'm going to go into the reality TV aspect of this. What is wrong with O.J. Howard? What, well, like, I know, I'm he doesn't trying to understand. Play football. It, it, okay, so you're saying that, but it's like what last week, everybody's getting the ball thrown to them. Everybody is scoring the touchdown. Everybody is just having fun with the game. You know who's not having fun? O.J. Howard. You know who's having fun? Who's having fun? Cameron Braid. Yeah. Like, he knows how to play football. O.J. Howard can't block. He gets called for holding penalties all the time. He doesn't know how to run routes. Also, like every time Winston throws on the ball, it's almost always an interception. Like he threw a pick six trying to throw a pass. That Howard went off his hands, goes back to the secondary. He catches it and takes it back and scores. So you believe in Jameis now? Is that what you're trying to tell me? I don't know. But, <laughs> but you want to be on this bandwagon again. I really enjoy watching him throw the ball downfield. And also, I like him under pressure because he doesn't take off and run right away. He stands in the pocket. He looks over everything. He's strong. Uh, that corner route touchdown through to Goblin last week was a really good example of that, too. 
And, I mean, like the pick six he threw, that looked like a miscommunication sort of play. Uh, not really like a dumb sort of J- Jameis sort of play. If they make the playoffs and they win a playoff game, then Bruce Arian should have to eat a W. There should be like <laughs> some type of rule or video where he just has to like just make a W with his fingers and then just go all out with it. Yeah. I feel like that should be like a requirement somewhere with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because if they somehow go in and they win with Jameis Winston, that will be so surprising because nobody would have ever expected that. Not even you. You would have never expected that in a million years. When Bruce Arians came over to this team, you didn't think that this team I would be good. Go no, no, no. You thought this team would be bad. No, I said no, no, no. You hopped off the bandwagon. No. So okay. you Let's, thought this team would be so right, look, terrible that between, you wanted to jump off. Nobody, nobody can ever By the way, to I'm just going to talk so lying. much smack to you about the, this I team said, again, all year long. I, again, I said that I picked the Bucks to go 8-8. Eight and eight. And the biggest reason why is because their schedule is tough. But now their schedule's flipped, and they're expected to play. They're projected to play the twenty third easiest schedule. So it's it's flipped on them entirely, uh, or the twenty third toughest schedule. So like the schedule's flipped. They're actually playing football the way they should have been playing football to start the year, and they lost two really dumb games because it took them so long to be able to do this. Uh, I their, love doing this. Their defense is really interesting because Todd Bowles is doing this thing where he's blitzing. Like, he's blitzing, but he's not showing where he's blitzing. So he did a Jared Goff the entire game. He comes to the line of scrimmage. His daddy tells him what the play call is. And then after the ball snap, then the blitz shows up, and he's not prepared for it. They're, they have the best run defense by DVA. They have the 15th best pass defense. And they're playing against the Saints team that, one, has to run the ball all the time. And if they throw the ball, it has to go Michael Thomas. And Teddy Bridgewater is just checking everything down. He threw a flea flicker for seven yards. And uh, it's like that's that's their entire team, and they beat Seattle because they had two non-offensive touchdowns. They kicked four field goals against Dallas, two of which were handed to them. One was because of a fumble by by, uh, Jason Witten. The other one was because they went for a fourth and one, and then Elliott fumbled. That wasn't a fumble by Elliott. Stop it right now. I'm not. What are you doing right now to me? Stop bringing up this. I wanted to talk only about Tampa and make fun of you just so I didn't have to talk about New Orleans. That was such a garbage fumble. Zeke Elliott did not fumble that ball. No matter what anybody tells me, that is not a fumble. And the Jason Wynn thing, do you understand that I've been having to defend Dak Prescott all week? The moment that the Dallas Cowboys lost the game, everybody came up to me and said, hey, guess what? My Saints beat your Cowboys. Everybody's apparently a Saints fan again. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, Kamara, he is just the strongest human being I've ever seen in my life. Or unless it was Jalen Smith or Van Der Esch that hit him, he would not go down. Bridgewater does absolutely nothing. The moment that they give the ball to Bridgewater, you know what his job is? Don't turn the ball over yeah, and we'll yeah. win the game. Well, and that's, so that's Bridgewater is god-awful for being the second highest paid, or the highest paid second quarterback or backup quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah you know what I'm saying. Well, I mean, it's only a one-year contract or two-year contract. It's still the highest paid for yeah, what he does, which is no better than Brissett. Well, he's a starting quarterback. Brissett's better, though. Yeah, he's a starting quarterback. Um, Brissett was not the highest paid. Don't see. That. Don't try to flip this, though. Don't try to flip this, though, here. right now. Yeah, because Teddy could have gone and started somewhere, so they paid him to keep him there. But the the thing is, is that Tampa's going to throw the ball deep. Unlike Dallas didn't do last week. Dallas didn't throw the ball downfield at all. Tampa's going to. Could they're gonna they're gonna score points. They may be able to get a lead, and so. I'm excited to see Bridgewater whenever he actually has to play from behind. When he has to play a close game, he has to actually score points instead of do the game-managing thing and get away with what he's been able to get away with. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what Bridgewater can finally do because I like he has throws available to him, but I don't know if it's a coaching thing where Sean Payne's like, don't force it. You don't need to take any chances. Our defense is good enough. Just, you know, do just enough for whatever. But now whenever you play Tampa and they're going to score 28 points, is Bridgewater going to be able to match that? The only way that's not going to happen is if you know, Jameis throws three pick sixes, which can always happen in any game possible. Do you think that their defense is going to be as good as what they were against Dallas? Like, Do you think that a Lattimore is going to have that great of a defensive performance against, I guess you could say, Mike Evans? It just is that depend- who he's going to guard? It just, I mean, they, they kind of, yeah, he, he'll follow Evans yeah, around. Or Goblin, gonna, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Who's no, gonna I don't think they're going to have the same sort of game. Neither do I. It, it just depends if Tampa throws the ball downfield and plays like how they should play. Isn't it a shame that you you kind of backed off your pick on this team winning the conference because guess the what? Division. Or the division. Like I'm the sorry, conference. I'm thinking NBA. The schedule is tough. Uh, but yeah, they could win this game and like 
be right there in it, which is fun. Yeah, exactly. But so you backed off, so you're a coward. So it doesn't matter. I picked him and go A and A. Yeah, dude, you're a coward. I, I, I you, get I it. Have you don't have, have to defend it. You, I get I have it. Your, you backed off. I have your pick here for you, four wins. You backed you off. You Tampa to win four games. Yeah, you know what? I'm still okay. standing by that. Okay. You want to know why? Because I don't back off my picks. That's fine. Do you understand that? Unlike you over there. I have you here for four wins. If they make the playoffs, guess what? You I'm, are just cool. as bad as me. It's going to be cool if they make the playoffs. I need them to make the playoffs just so I don't look as bad. Um, yeah, you still you look even worse. Yeah, you know what? I hate you. So what's your prediction for this one? And the Buccaneers are five and a half point underdogs at home. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, underdogs? Yeah. All right. So I'm going to put Tampa 28. I'm going to put the Saints 23. Okay. I have Tampa 31, the Saints 17. Okay, you got more of a, a butt whooping than I do here. Yeah, I don't have I don't have that big of a butt whooping. Yeah, it's you know, I think it, I you just, like butt whooping so I on National s- Boyfriend Day. Right? I can't see Tampa. I can't see Teddy throwing the ball until he throws the ball downfield. He can't. I know. I don't, it's I don't, very well, frustrating. He made one really great throw. He made one beautiful throw, and it was that sideline fade to Thomas. That was a beautiful throw. I was about to say it was. And like the rest only of the game, one. he didn't do that at all. Okay. Whatever. Um, all right, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about Green Bay, Dallas, and Cleveland, San Francisco. I hate Saints fans. And we're back. So the next game we're going to talk about tonight are the Green Bay Packers heading to Dallas to play the Cowboys. The Cowboys are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, so I think this game comes down to two two very important matchups. Do you want to hear the Cowboys matchup first? It has to be the running game and Zeke being able For to sure. progress. Like it has to be because the Green Bay defense has only been able to give up the run. They're twenty seventh in run defense yeah. DVOA. Yeah. Uh huh. Trust even, me, I've been looking up some stats too over here. Even okay? the even the Eagles can run the ball against them. Exactly. The point they made Jordan Howard look like a MVP he once awesome. again. He looked great. Which by, like, everybody kind of looked at them saying, What have you been doing the whole time? Why well, I mean you been well, giving him the giving, ball? They were giving Sanders all the carries. Yeah, but Sanders doesn't look good. He's he's just dancing. He's dancing too exactly. much. Exactly. He's trying to be like Le'Veon Bell, and guess what? He's not Le'Veon yeah. Bell. That's yeah. really what. Well, it's like and Howard's just to. like, oh, I'm gonna run straight for as hard as I can. Yeah, my job is to be the bowling ball. I and have he's the, a one damn of the best good bowling lines ball. in football. I'm gonna run straight through forward. Yeah, yeah they should really it. just give the ball Jordan Howard. Either way, when it comes to this game, it's a must win for my team. Only for the must Saints. win. It's a must win because I have to feel confident. Well, you the, understand, I can't go into where the first three weeks of the season, the reason why we have not talked about the Dallas Cowboys is because they haven't played they against play anybody. anybody. So now we're two weeks back-to-back. Last week we didn't play against Drew Brees, which I'm so tired of. Just like what I said last segment, everybody coming up to me, oh, how do you like your Cowboys? Nobody, you didn't come up to me three weeks ago. Get the hell out of my face. I'm so tired of people. It just makes me <laughs> want to give them one of these sometimes, man. Yeah. Either way, it was a frustrating game because I had to tell everybody it wasn't Dak's fault. Every person he threw to that was a wide receiver somehow was just pin coverage. Amari Cooper, two offensive wide receiver, two offensive pass interference by the wide receiver. I've never been more disgusted in my entire life. Yeah. Second one I may give you, the first one, you can go to hell. Well, I mean, they just didn't throw the ball downfield enough. And, the, again, the Saints have an awesome run defense. The Saints have one of the best run defenses in football. Um, and the so the Packers' defense, their secondary is good. They're really good playing coverage. Alexander is awesome. Uh, Kevin King had a really great game against Philadelphia last week in coverage against Alshon Jeffrey. They have the best pass rush in football right now, according to pressure rate. Uh, heading into the season, so the Packers have a top-five pass rush that's happened so far. But, you know, Dallas has a has a good offensive line. They pass block well. So I think, it, but yeah, it has to be Elliott. He hasn't had, you know, a, a great game since the start of this year at all, since he came back from that contract. And how much of that do you think is just not having a training camp? And how much of that's just, like, how does he look right now? He looks fat, like what I told you. He just <laughs> looks like fat boy, man. It just looks like that you've been eating too much once again, that you're just slow getting off the line, that you're just huffing and puffing out there. So he's like Draymond. It's, like, it's I'm extremely not frustrating to watch with him. And I love Zeke so much. And by the way, I don't know if Tyrod's going to be in or not, the Tyron. Iron Man, because yeah. he had the high ankle sprain. The, the very last play of last week, the worst you could possibly get, which is a bomb where Dak should have had a rough in the quarterback. Obviously, he did not because he's not good enough. And then the play before that, he got hit, and a Tyrod spin the ankle, and it was... Yeah, well, Tyron. 
Tyrant. Ty- yeah. It's Tyrant. No. Is it Tyron? No, it's Tyron Smith. That's t- wait, Tyron. There's Tyron, Tyron Taylor. There's I Tyron think it's just Smith. because I keep going to Rod. Ever since he said that, <laughs> I just want to be able to say that properly, well, and I just can never say it properly. It's the same thing with me. They 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 called Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Hopkins. Yeah, like it's bothering me. And so like I go DeAndre Watson. Yeah, it's my brain's. Either way, I don't think Iron Man's going to be able to hold up for this week. Well, and that's bad. It's it's. But, 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 but I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Their backup, their backup's good. Cameron Fleming's a good offensive tackle. Fleming is good. I do He's like good. him. And Aaron Rodgers, he looked like panic mode without Adams. That was the weirdest thing I've ever seen last week. We're mad. They should have been the Philadelphia Eagles. Whenever I saw him get the ball in the last, I guess, minute and a half, two minutes, I go, oh, this game's over. It's Aaron Rodgers. He's going to win the game. Guess what? The greatest came up short. Well, that, and people defend this man. Well, this is, that was coming up short. No matter what you say, anybody says, that was on Aaron, and he blew it. Well, this is what happened that game. Oh, they, have the ball the two, they have the ball the two-yard line. They run four pass plays to get zero yards. But the play before that, he still... Well, I'm some, no, let me finish. God. That was that drive. God. Then the next drive, they get down in there. He throws a good slant pass to wide receiver. It pops out of his hands. He can't catch it. He's intercepting the end zone. That's not Aaron Rodgers. That's just I don't coaching, know. scheme scheme calling. You have a good offensive line. You have the ball at two-yard line. You can get two yards. And then it comes down to bad luck where the receiver drops a pass and he's intercepted. He just looked panic mode yeah, without sure. Devontae. I mean, he just looked Devontae like, oh, my God, I don't have my guy. Yeah. I don't know what to do right now. And what frustrates me whenever you get to the two-yard and one-yard, maybe I just play Madden too much. Can't you just do QB sneak over and over again? I mean, this is the Eagles do the Carson Wentz. Can you just do QB sneak and you're going to get it when you're that close? Because they were that close where I truly felt like, Aaron, just run the ball and you're fine. Yeah, just that's, that's literally just do, do it and you're cool. It works every time. Maybe it's because I'm doing too much Madden, but I feel like that would work. Well, Wentz Maybe is, I'm losing my mind Wentz here. Wentz is four for four on third and one and fourth and one quarterback sneaks. They get it every time. It seems like a big deal to me. Yeah. Seems um, like something that more people I mean, should that's, try. That's why they lost the game last week. But going into this game, that's never it's a question is if Aaron Rodgers can throw the ball downfield without Devontae Adams. So Adams is 25 of 36, 378 yards. It's a completion percentage of 70.9%. Valdez Scantling, 16 for 28. Uh, Jimmy Graham, 9 for 16. Jerome Allison, 8 for 11. So it's can he throw the ball to his secondary receivers? Uh, can he play well without Adams? He's probably be out with a turf toe injury, and uh, and like I don't know, Green Bay just they're weird. Like they just kind of like take the foot off the gas. I think Matt Lafleur tries to be way too cute. He's still trying to figure things out with his team, but he did the same sort of stuff in Tennessee and have that offense back as well. Um, but like I think Rodgers looks great. Like this is the best he's looked in you know two or three years or so. Kinda, but it's I just guess. like I just he just I'm not he's still missing. that confident, man. I, I think the biggest thing he's missing is just like connecting with his receivers, never improvises and because he doesn't field. love anybody but himself. So there's no real well, connection played, with anybody. Matt, he's played. He two doesn't want to feel somebody else's feelings. He doesn't want to feel that person. You know what he wants to feel himself. That's why he doesn't have a connection with anybody unless they're a top guy. I proved my point. Okay. Well, he's gonna have to figure that out this game against the against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so, what's your pick for this one? Just like I told you, even though you don't believe me, it's a must win because I have to feel confident well, about you know, my the team. The Eagles are playing this weekend. Wait, who are the the New York Jets? Shut up! <laughs> Why are you even talking to me right now? I don't even want to talk to you anymore. Cowboys thirty-one, Green Bay Packers twenty-seven. How many rushing yards does Elliott have? Elliot better have 120 at the very least. If he doesn't have at least 115, we lose the game. Okay, I didn't. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I, That's they where have I'm to, at. I mean, then they have to run the ball. And uh, I really didn't think it was Dak's fault last game, though. Like that, I thought that was I a think bunch it was of more BS. The play calling. Because even when it comes to the last drive, oh, why didn't Dak get in a field goal range? He had so many opportunities. It sucks when you make the opportunity and you make the play, then all of a sudden, 15 yard penalty. What the hell is that? Yeah. That game was just so frustrating to watch. And I'm not even going to say this as a Cowboys fan. Both sides, the refs, get the hell off my TV screen on Sunday night. Like, stop throwing a flag every other play. Like, I'm getting tired of it. I'm glad they stopped with all the holding penalties because it was getting ridiculous. It's written, like, last game was uh, bad. I mean, yeah, with Dallas, I was just throw the ball downfield. 
Stop. Stop. Nobody else could get upfield. Seven yard pass. But Gallup is the upfield guy. I know they're missing Gallup. And then now you have Devon Smith, and I don't think he's gone upfield one time. The one downfield pass he threw is to Blake Jarwin that took him to like the two yard line. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And then the other one where Witten was going to be able to go pass and get to the 40 yard. No, Witten was going to make a move, man. Witten fumbled. Yeah, he got tackled. That's how you know it's a bad game. Yeah, he got tackled from behind. God, that hurt. Von Bell loves to force fumbles and recover fumbles. Von Bell, yeah, I also love that the secondary for the New Orleans Saints is allowed to hold and grab however okay. many times they want no, and they just right. don't get called well, but the moment that Amari shrugs off Lattimore oh that's offensive pass or fits you go F yourself ref go to hell Are you done now yeah I'm sorry All right, so it's been a rough week Monday Night Football the Cleveland Browns playing the San Francisco 49ers the 49ers are at home they're three and a half point favorites uh, like four weeks ago, this looked like a terrible Monday night game. Two weeks ago, this looked like a horrendous one. Now it looks like fun. It looks like a good time. Matt, you're a film guy. I need you to explain to me who the hell was the Cleveland Browns last week. I don't know if I've ever seen that team in my entire life. Can you help me out here? Because I saw confidence. I saw confidence out of everybody on that field. And I, they just blew them out of the water. Yeah. Well, it was disgusting. Yeah. And, they, like, did Baltimore even show up? Who is Baltimore? Is Baltimore even good? I don't even know anymore. Uh, Yeah, I think Baltimore's still good. Then tell me, film guy. So, for, for Cleveland, this is what happened. They realized, oh, we have Jarvis Landry. He can catch passes. He's pretty good. <laughs> oh, we have true. Odell Beckham. That's we can line him up on the same side of the offense and run routes off of him. Or we can cross him across their side of the field and have them open up other wide receivers. We can do that. Hey, Baker, your offensive line's not that bad. Stay in the pocket. Step up in the pocket. Make some throws. They're going to give you time. Stop trying to go scramble to the right every single play. Oh, we have Nick Chubb. Let's try to get him out in space. They ran the outside zone a lot more. They ran a lot more counter plays. They got him out on the edges instead of just like, oh, we're going to run inside zone, and we're going to get you know four yards, four yards. Oh, there's a penalty. Now we're in third and 15. And then defensively, I just think they tackled really well in the secondary. Uh, I don't think their linebackers are that great, but Demarius Randall has been awesome since they've had their injuries. Uh, they've been they've been tackling really well. They forced a big fumble as well too in that game, and I, like in their pass rush was whatever, and they covered okay. But then the biggest thing they just tackled well whenever the Ravens uh, linebacker, whenever the Ravens running backs Lamar Jackson got in space. I feel like that what this all comes down to is: Are you a chubby chaser? Because that's what this entire game depended on, where it was give Nick Chubb the ball and he's going to run the ball. And that's where I feel like with Kareem Hunt even coming back, they don't even need him. Nick Chubb is a phenomenal running back. He is the real freaking deal. And I feel like even top five in the league where you Baker doesn't need to force the ball to even Odell. And I think that, for me, was the real prime factor. When did Odell get a catch? Was it the last five minutes of the fourth quarter? I feel like it was something ridiculous where it didn't happen for at least the second half. I know that. I watched the condensed version, so it was hard to tell. But like he was involved in the offense, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they Which were I'm, I'm with him you. And they were drawing attention. With yeah, him you know how he was involved in the stuff. offense. He was getting choked out. Is what he was really getting. I, they said they. I don't know. Um, also, you know why he blew it off at the end of the game? That mofo was causing some of that stuff to happen because apparently two plays before he grabbed him from behind. I can't remember the defender. Uh, Humphrey. Humphrey grabbed him from behind and just slammed him down on like a running play. And then on another play, like hit him in the face. So that was just more of a Andre Johnson being fed up with the Cortland yeah, Finnegan, yeah. and Odell even kind of acknowledged he was the Cortland Finnegan in that scenario. Gotcha. Which I appreciated, I will say. Yeah, the other thing like too with Cleveland is they ran a lot more play action um, as well. They had a lot more motion going on. They just did a better job at, like getting their guys open, you know, instead of just isolation route, isolation well, they didn't route. Force it. I, you know, all these isolation routes, and then whenever Baker has the ball for longer than two seconds, he rolls to the right and runs, runs into pressure. But I think it's kind of like what you said, too. It was more like Baker realized last game, hey, is number 80 good? Who's that 8-0? Oh, yeah, his name's Jarvis Landry. You had him last year, and here's your number one yeah. guy. Throw him the damn ball, Baker. I I also like Ricky Seals-Jones because he had like four catches and a touchdown. The that four guy e- was going crazy. The four easiest catches you'll ever see. <laughs> but he was going crazy. It was like nobody even wanted to guard. Nobody even expected yeah, him the, to do anything. And they were, just, they were just crossing the other side of the field with, with Beckham and Landry. 
and then having him run the opposite direction and everybody goes chasing off this way because of those two and he's wide open and it was just funny just like how easy the catches were he was making this proves my point though in the Freddie Kitchens because this game he saved looked, Freddie he Kitchens. Better. He shaved. He, he looked great. Everything looked great about this team, and this was the Cleveland Browns that everybody expected because now the expectations are back. They are now two and two. They're a five hundred team going up against the Forty ers Which Matt, are they the real deal? Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. You don't? Are you buying into it? Well, they beat so they beat Tampa. They had two pick sixes, 131-17. They had three interceptions. Last year, they had two interceptions in the entire uh, season. Cincinnati has terrible linebackers. They beat them 41-17. And they beat Pittsburgh and Mason Rudolph. That being said, they're second in DVOA. They have a point differential of plus 42. So it goes back to that same thing that you know good teams beat teams by a lot of points. And the 49ers have done that so far. Uh, I don't know if they're good. I think they've been fortunate. I think Shanahan, you know, is a very good offensive play caller too, but I wouldn't go so far as to call him good just yet. The one concern I have for Cleveland in this game is that the Browns have, I don't like their linebackers that much. And so what the 49ers are really good at doing are, the 49ers are really good at taking advantage of teams' linebackers by running outside zone and play action, making them cover tight ends, making them cover running backs in the passing game. And what the Browns have, with the run pump, the one, the one problem with their defense is just their second level is not that great. Like, Schobert gets a lot of tackles, but they're always 11 yards down the field. And so that's the one concern I have for Cleveland in this game is just their linebacker play against uh, a good San Francisco, like, offensive scheme calling to be able to take advantage of it. Like that's why they put 41 points on the Bengals in Week 2. I mean, we're going to go back to, once again, the reality TV show segment from Taylor here. Uh, I'm going back to the whole believing in the quarterback. Because with Jimmy G, I do not think that he is that good. And I think this year is kind of even showing me, maybe after the injury, maybe beforehand, I'm not remembering things properly, but I still feel like it was the same thing. The touchdowns and interceptions are going to be the exact same well, every single year. Right now, he, it, it's just going to be the exact same thing for me. I don't think he's impressive. He's just going to win you the game, but yet the team love him. I mean, they just are so infatuated with the guy. I don't know if it's the look. Have looks. you seen the smile? I know. Is it the smile? Is it the <laughs> eyes? What am I missing for National Boyfriend's Day? I don't get it, but the 49ers love him. They're winning. Or is Kyle Shanahan just that good? Well, I mean, he, he gives them open throws. And like Garoppolo did the same thing last year, too. He was bad the first two weeks of the year. He was good week three against Kansas City towards, towards knee up. Um, and this year... Like he, he hasn't he hasn't had to do very much. And again, like they create open throws and all that sort of thing. I just I don't know yet with I don't know yet with San Francisco. I think it was kinda like whenever Dallas was three and where you're like, Oh, well, have they played anybody just yet? And you don't really have a good feel at all for the team until they start actually playing teams. I think Buffalo's a good example. New England was a good example too last weekend until they played each other. And you're like, Oh yeah, both these defenses are just really good and these teams are gonna be good because of it. And we're kinda in the same spot with San Francisco. The one thing I will say is their pass rush has been a lot better. Now they added Bosa. Uh, and also Armstead's actually been good this year. Buckner hasn't done very much just yet. Their cornerbacks, I think, were underrated last year because their safeties were so bad. Their pass rush was bad. And they also added D4. They added Quan Alexander. And uh, so I don't, know, I don't know just yet. I This is like whenever you turn the water tap on and it's just kind of cold, you know? Like I'm more down than up on them. Yeah. But... I just turning the yet. water tap. I, got I won't. I won't know until they play like the Rams or the Seahawks. No, you won't know until they play this team. This is kind of their showing. I don't even know about the Browns. The Browns. What are you are just talking weird. about? This is what last week we finally got the Browns that we wanted to see. I feel like this is was, where I mean, they was, were supposed to be heading. It was still this a close is the game. test for the 49ers, though. If the 49ers pull this out against Cleveland, I'm impressed. This will be the one game where I don't think they are going to win. Spoiler alert. And I will be impressed if they pull it out. The only thing that Kyle Shanahan seems like he can do over and over again, how can he find a running back, Matt? How can he no matter who the guy is behind the line, that guy's going to be a good running back? Also, that I, seems impossible <laughs> to me. The funniest thing, too, is they're paying McKinnon and Coleman, or uh, Tevin Coleman just to be hurt. 
It's like, yeah, here's $12 million of just going to our bench and we can just get running backs for $600,000. Shea has proved he can find a quarterback from last year anytime he needs one, and he can find a running back anytime he needs one. There is some magic to this offense that he is running to where it just makes guys comfortable. Well, and he's been doing this for like eight years now, too. But it makes guys feel comfortable. Yeah. And as we can, it, just like what we even talked about earlier about Atlanta, Atlanta has not looked even close to the same since that man left. Their yeah. offense has looked garbage well, since he's he has done left. A good, he did a good job in Houston. He's in Houston. He did a good job in Washington when he was there at the RG3. Like, he's done this throughout his career, you know? You mean this when isn't the, first time. the older Shanahan said he looks fine to me and he looked like the Louisville yeah, player with the bone out of his leg? The, yeah. I don't want to talk about Put that. Put him back in the game. The one thing me. I like about RG3, you know what number he is in Baltimore? Hold on, hold on, hold on. 33? He's three. <laughs> oh, I, I, thought, I knew there was a three in there. I thought I it was for was some reason 30. 13 Washington. He's number three in Baltimore. That's funny. I like it. I knew you would. Yeah, you look like, like something weird like that. Either way, I'm a believer in this game. I'm kind of excited for this Monday night, and I think this is going to be another test for Cleveland. But at the same time, nobody would give them credit. I feel like they're going to get your type of mindset where if the 49ers – lose oh the 49ers are who we thought they were Cleveland Browns are just finally stepping in the right direction getting another win under their belt but if it's reverse this is huge yeah this should be a poll our listeners our four million listeners need to pull in right now saying this is a bigger game for the 49ers okay Actually, that's what it should come down to. I think. I mean, I think it's a bigger game for Cleveland. Ooh, see, this is the poll. I told you, this is what I do, man. Yeah, controversy. There it is. So the 49ers are three and a half point favorites at home. What's your pick for this one? My pick is going to be Cleveland. Like I said, spoiler alert. I have Cleveland thirty-one. That's my favorite number, and I have 49ers twenty-three. Twenty-three. So I have the Browns twenty-seven. 49ers twenty. Uh, we kind of have the same Similar. thing. Yeah, we kind of have the same thing here going I, on. I mean, even after I just the one they disagree with the, on this game is that even if the 49ers win by like 10 points, I'm still going to be like, I don't know. What? Yeah. Because that would then put Cleveland at 2 and 3. That would put them at 4 and 0. Oh, and uh, this is another must win for Cleveland. This is one of their <gasps> so called easy. Of. This is another so called easy game for them. Their schedule is so ridiculous. You and I talked about it before the season it gets, started. It gets hard. Like it gets ridiculous, Matt, in the seven. second half, man. But even then, like we like talked it gets about, ridiculous. So about entering this year, this is probably gonna be a tougher game than people expect it to be. We expected for San Francisco to be, bit, but to you're be better, even saying you don't know who they are. I'm and if the Forty ers even win this game, you're not even gonna be impressed. You're gonna shrug it off. Because I don't know anything about. I feel like I still don't know Can't very much about this Cleveland off. at the same time. Pull, pull it up. I will. We need to have like those fan. Like, why don't we have like a dingo and the baby? Ooh. Because it's 2019. It'd be so awesome. We uh, need some noise alerts here. I just don't. I don't know anything about these two teams. But like, if they put 30 points on the Bills, be like, you okay. even say you don't know about these two teams. But whoever wins or loses, you still don't know about these two teams. I don't know anything. I about know more about these two teams with. after this week. I guess so. I just don't know anything you make at me all sick. about either team. So why would winning, playing a certain way in the game that doesn't make any sense make more sense? It does inform me. I don't me. even know who you are. Um, so to recap, I have Tampa Bay winning 31-17. You have Tampa Bay 28-23. I have Jacksonville 17-16. You have Carolina 17-14. I have Dallas 23-20. You have Dallas 31-27. I have Cleveland 27-20. And you have Cleveland 31-23. Uh, those are our picks tonight. That's our show for tonight. Maybe we may be back on maybe Saturday. Be on the lookout. We may do a Falcons Texans preview only. Uh, but tomorrow there'll be a or maybe the same day you're listening to this. Check out the website. There's a DJ Reader film room up there. Saturday morning there'll be a Texans Falcons preview too. And Houston plays Atlanta at 12 o'clock. So in the meantime, my name is Matt Weston. Thank you for listening to Auburn Radio. And thank you for being on tonight, Taylor. You better get more listeners, people. <laughs>